back, Mike. We are back. I'm back in the studio. You're back in the studio for the first back time. Ever. The You're stew. back in the country. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Uh, come on, man. You couldn't have just, like, played with it a little bit there and kind of acted like you were oh, gone for a oh long time. Oh, my God. Time. I just got back. Oh, Did you forget so English? Wow. Uh, see, no hablo <laughs> English. These are, this isn't the language I spoke over there. I don't know. How, how was it? So, for those who haven't been uh, following the podcast, Mike was abroad all last semester. We did everything remotely. He did it from his cell phone, did not have professional equipment. That's why sometimes we'd cut in and out. But Mike's back in the U.S. Mike, how was your trip? Tell me something that you learned. Oh, wow. What did I learn? Um, What'd you I, learn about yourself? You know, I really just spent <laughs> a lot of time to focus in and figure out who I was as a person and what my goals are <laughs> going forward. Um, I don't know what I learned. I, I, <laughs> um I learned I don't like talking over Apple headsets for a percent of time. There you go. And, yeah, I mean, you especially probably hate doing that about basketball because time wasn't the time different completely crazy for you? Six hours. So what times were you rolling out to watch the Sixers? Uh, if I was catching a game, it was one in the morning. It started, oh. which is pretty brutal. How many times did you watch a game all the way through? Probably never. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was our rough. poor listeners. It was. It was rough. <laughs> I was not as informed as I would have liked to have been. That's okay, Mike. Did you find love over there? No. Short that's, answer, no. Long answer, no. That's okay. You know, there's another. There's another team that's abroad right now, and that's Team USA. Team USA basketball. So you can kind of relate with them a little bit, right? That's what and, we call a and, transition. And and there's the other thing too. You took L's over there with some girls. Oh. They're taking L's over here in some games. How about that for a transition? <laughs> I'm practically one and the same with Team USA. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, the same, you're the same thing. And as we know, Team USA is pretty much the Boston Celtics and the Giannis-less Bucks, and then just a mishmash of players there. Yeah, practically. Practically. There's a, there's a Plumlee in there somewhere? Yeah, there's a Plumlee somewhere in there. There's a Joe Harris type, you know what I mean? But essentially that's what the team is. And while they're playing really well for a while there, I actually thought they were going to make a run. They looked good. Then Tatum got hurt. Kemba kind of started to slow down a Tatum little bit. Tatum got hurt in that infamous Bill Simmons moment where he I <laughs> trashed Devin Booker for not playing. And yeah. then, oh my God, Tatum's hurt. I know. Devin Booker should have played, though. Devin Booker should have played. Devin Booker isn't even down to be double teamed in the offseason, let alone play an actual I know. game. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but about the whole players playing for Team USA in a minute. But... Um, first of all, what are you, what's your reaction to this? Do you think it really matters? Is it indicative of the season coming up for these players? What do you think? Because these are all a lot of young players who, if we're being honest, they're, they're not veterans, they're not stars. They're playing against these teams that have been together for a long time. They lost to France by 10, and they lost to Serbia uh, uh, yesterday, was it? Yeah, yesterday they lost to Serbia. I thought Serbia got eliminated. Yeah, it was, in a, it was a playing game. It was for fifth place. They oh. lost to uh, Serbia. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, not what you want to see. It was only by five points. But though they're better, I don't know. It, th- these teams are more well-rounded. They spend more time with each other than Team USA obviously did. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't really see the importance of Team USA and yeah. FIBA. You know, people have come for, at it from both sides. They're like, oh, well, players don't want to play for Team USA in the summer because they want to stay healthy and they don't feel like doing dealing with all that. And then they're like, oh, this is actually a great learning experience for all the young players and whatever. And in the end, I just think it's kind of a whitewash. I don't really yeah. know what they gain from it. Like, 
I don't think Don Mitchell's going to come into this season having some like next level like galaxy brain knowledge about yeah. basketball that he learned from Pop and Team USA. It's probably like even like experience wise, they're playing like you look at um, you look at France. France was a good squad, but like yeah. a lot of the other teams, they have maybe one or two NBA players and then just a bunch of nobodies. So, but like, they play together for so long and they play for that team. They have practice for the team throughout the whole you know, yeah. four years. They, they 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 stay together. It's not like Team USA. Team USA because you have that NBA basketball and you have that uh, tireless grind of you know what I mean getting ready in the offseason for your actual team. It, it's not the same. But, like, it's player quality. Like it is, practice. Yeah. So, like, these teams who are together that have, like, one NBA player or whatever from different countries, it's obviously great for that player to, like, come back and, like, gel with his team and, like, be able to play with a different style of players and, like, different type of players. But for the com- competition-wise, from Team USA's perspective, I really don't see the benefit in a lot of these games. It just seems like something they could be doing in the regular offseason. A lot of players are playing pickup games elsewhere with, like, actual NBA players and maybe getting more out of that than Team USA might have been. So you're putting, so in short, do you care that much that they lost? Do you think it matters to any of the players' individual development, or does it say anything to Team USA as a whole? Because this is the one of the lowest lows, I think they said, of Team USA basketball in the last 50 years. They haven't well, lost back-to-back games, I don't think, in, like, years. Yeah, it's not a great look for Team USA, and... um Jerry Colangelo. Oh, all right, let's get on this. Jerry Colangelo, more like Jerry Colangelo. No more oh, Colangelos involved like in that. Team USA because that sucked. They weren't good this year, and now he's gonna remember all the players that dropped out coming into this FIBA World Cup yeah. for the Olympic team. And like, come on, man! If you if you want to run it back with this squad in the Olympics, go right ahead. You're probably not gonna You're be the president of USA basketball. You're probably gonna get demolished. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And, um, I mean, I, I do think the one thing that was very good, and I know you say you don't really put too much stock into uh, Team USA basketball for development, but there was actually this really cool uh, podcast argument that Bill Simmons had uh, a couple couple weeks ago. So was Zach Lowe? Uh, it might have been with Zach Lowe. No, it was with Brian Windhorse. Uh-huh. And they were talking about Team USA basketball, and they were talking about how historically, after the first time that players go to Team USA Basketball, they take a leap almost every single time. Happened with Dwayne Wade, happened with LeBron James, happened with Carmelo. Every single one of them, if you look at their numbers pre and post uh, Team USA Basketball, even if it was just practice, FIBA, whatever it is, they got immensely better. And they say that's just because of the tireless competition, because you're going out all the time, and you have more coaches, perspectives, and it's just... It's just better competition overall. It just is. I mean, I know you're saying pick up basketball, but come on, it's pick up basketball. Like, who's really caring in the same way that a Serbia team with nothing to lose, who's never won FIBA? You know what I mean? Uh, it's Joe Kim Noah cares. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, well, obviously they're setting the double team, but I don't know. I do think it matters for their development, and I do think it's good that I know they lost, but there's so many young players who got to get actual exposure and get to be out there. It's going to help them, you know what I mean? And th- that's the next wave of superstars, you know what I mean? The Ben Simmons, I know he didn't compete, obviously, but like the Ben Simmons, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum's, like that, that's the next wave. They're going to have to take the mantle of USA basketball sooner or later, so it's better that they're up next and have this experience, got their feet wet now, than rather than later. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, like, the argument of looking at players who've taken jumps post-Team USA might just trying to be like, drawing correlation where one doesn't exist because a lot of these players are young superstars who, in all reality, should take a leap no matter what coming into the next season. So just because they played for Team USA doesn't necessarily mean that facilitated the leap in general. You're right, but they also have comment on saying that it has helped their development. LeBron James has said a million times that Team USA was 
huge for him. And Kobe cared about Team USA more than anybody else. Kobe was huge in the Team USA, and he always says that it was great for them just to just get, be around those guys. Now, granted, at the same time, you got to realize that talent pool of Kobe, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo. Crazy. Exactly. So those are the guys they're going up against. So, like, you compare that with Donovan Mitchell going up against, like, Joe Harris. Like, maybe that's why they got better because they're around that I mean, that, that was a crazy talent pool, the yeah. early 2000s. So, like, and into the 2010s. Like, so, I I get it from both sides, but I, now we're going to transition over to, do you think it's lame that all these players are bowing out from it? Because as young players, you should want to compete for Team USA. Everybody's done it throughout, and you should want to at least do something for your country, something for your team. There's, like I said, there's positive correlation to it, so it's not like you're going to be losing too much besides, like, just one-on-one work where, I mean, half the time, that doesn't even translate to the NBA either. Yeah. So, like, what do you think about that? Do you think it's going to be a trend that keeps happening when the Olympics come? And do you think do you think it's a cheap move? Uh, I mean, well, first, just to get back to... The last point. Um, I think this is a really interesting case study, this team this year, in that, like, seeing how players will, what their stats will be, like, what, how they'll play following this year, and as opposed to the players who pulled yeah. out. Because there were some really young, good players who pulled out. Um, Darren Booker. Fox, for one, I thought was really. That was important. weird. Yeah, it was weird. Something and, like, had to happen there. I can't figure that out, but something had to have happened. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but, like, Fox pulled out, Bagley pulled out. Um, Bagley got hurt, though. Yeah, Bagley got hurt, Kuzma got hurt. Yeah. That's whatever. But still, I think that there there was a lot of potential for players coming into this team yeah. to like, do something good. And Damian Lillard, if he would have played, he would have been the figurehead of that whole entire team, easily. Oh, yeah. Same with Booker, who pulled out. Like Those guys are the ones I'm kind of talking about. The, like I know I said Tatum and them are up next, but they're up next to their to like the Bradley Beals, the Damian Lillards, to so they're up next. You know what I mean? Like it, they're not I don't think those any of the guys I just said are gonna have like the same kind of mantle as Tatum and them and Simmons and everybody, but you know what I mean, right? You, you kind of get what I'm saying? Like that, yeah. that this could have been their team for the first time in, like as a national team. Don't you think that's kind of lame? Yeah, I guess. I mean, coming from, like, a personal perspective, I, I think it's just, like, another different type of competition that yeah. I think would find interesting and, like, fun yeah. and something to be a part of. But, you know, you have to come at it from, like, kind of a business perspective with these players. Now yeah. there's, like, so much player independency in the league, as we saw with this offseason. And, like, the players really out there for themselves, not necessarily for Damn. any teams. They don't have any alliance with anybody. So, like, even if you want to say, oh, you have an alliance with a team because it's the country you play for, not necessarily. I mean, there's there's agents in their ears telling them, don't do this, there's risks involved, it might not get you a higher contract or anything, and that's really all they're in this for is themselves. Yeah. So I get that there's complaints coming from different sides about not playing for your team, and like I feel like a lot of these players will be kind of contradictory and come back once the Olympics come around. I do too. Yeah, it's just a higher profile it's stage. It's a bigger thing. It's it's Yeah, it's more exposure. Yeah, and that's like another thing is that what does it help to build? Like you're looking at it from a brand perspective with these players. How does it help to build your personal brand playing for FIBA or for Team USA in the FIBA 2019? Yeah, these games nobody's watching these yeah. games. They're they at eight o'clock in the them. morning. Yeah. Like they're, they're early, early. They're hard to find. So like, you only really know that like a handful of players from Team USA if you're just loosely following any of the news about it. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's really not doing much for the players who are on there, who are like the deeper players in the roster. Uh, do I think like? 
players like Anthony Davis, James Harden, then will show up once the Olympics come? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't know if it's necessarily because it's out of a final desire to want to play for Team USA, but more it's exposure, it's better competition. It's for my it's, brand. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, before we get off the topic, which we're going we're gonna to transition here in a minute, I just I, I want to just put this out there. Everyone knows that one of the biggest places that you can begin recruiting is Team USA Basketball. That's how Kyrie and KD became friends. Before that, that's how the big three first got together in Miami. That's how D-Wade and LeBron got really, really tight. I mean, Kobe, Kobe was pretty much the only, like, out, you know what I mean, out, outsider kind of guy. That wasn't an outsider, but he never, Kobe never recruited. It just wasn't that. Yeah. But, like, that is where a lot of relationships get made, and that's a nice subplot to follow, like, who knows, maybe Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell are friends now, you know what I mean? And Jalen Brown's going into his the end of his contract this year. Maybe that's in his ear, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, the, these things matter. Like, you don't think they matter, but just having people in your ear like that. Maybe now that they're all coached up by Popovich, because they used to, it used to always be Coach K, maybe somebody wants to go to the Spurs now. Like yeah, it's, Pop brought in Derek White to be a little spy and yeah. start, like trying to bring everybody to the Spurs. There you go. And Derek White isn't a bad ball player either. But no, he's he's decent. He's good. Yeah. And like I don't know, I don't know. I'm just saying like that is where recruiting begins, and everyone knows that. Yeah, I mean maybe, but like there's there's so many different levels, and there's so many like different places now for players to like be in touch and like. Recruitment happens everywhere. You can have people recruiting on like social media without ever like meeting each other. Yeah, but you're but you're like, a, you're like together all the time. Like you're dorming together. You're in the same hotel together. You have to hang out with each other in Team USA basketball. There's a lot of players who are forced to hang out with each other because they're working for specific trainers or yeah. they're working underneath specific agents who want but them to work out think, in certain places. Yeah, I just don't think you're together as much as that though. You're going to hotels. You're traveling to different countries. You have to be with these guys, and that's one reason I liked it for the Celtics. Now those four guys had to be together. You know what yeah. I mean? So like. Imagine just imagine that in the much smaller sense. Like, like I said, Donovan Mitchell becomes really uh, Joe Harris. Joe Harris is a free agent after this year, and he's on a super cheap contract. So, like, Joe Harris is a sharpshooter, man. I'm sure, they were all in Joe Harris's ear during the World Cup. But don't be surprised. You know what I mean? If Joe Harris walks and goes to one of the teams that these guys are on, you know what I mean? Like, you think you think that player didn't have anything to do with his recruiting? I bet he does. Yeah, there's definitely a potential for that. Making a relationship in the NBA is extremely important. Is if there's one thing that we've found out about the last few years of big threes and team-ups and all the above. Now, we're going to transition into the next segment, and Mike came up with a really, really good idea. Mike, tell me about the idea. All right, so um, have you been reading the 30 Teams in 30 Days NBA.com articles? I haven't. I'll admit it, I haven't. Neither have I. Perfect. So, on a similar sense, we're going to be looking at 30 teams in about a few minutes as opposed to, you know, 30 days. Yeah. And, um... We're going to do like a little less in-depth investigation into how we feel about each teams in uh, about three words or less. We're going to try and summarize how we feel about each of the teams coming this next season. Okay. And we each do we each have to rotate on what we think? Or are we just going to go, you get one and I get one? I think that's probably the best way to do it. You get one, I get one. Okay. So, I'll start off. The Atlanta Hawks. Young, very fun. That's that's kind of what I think about them. They're young. They're going to be a really fun team. It's going to be an up-tempo team besides uh, Vince Carter, obviously. But, <laughs> like, that whole fun. team, yeah, I mean, he's fun. But that whole team's such an up-paced team. It, the pace of that team's going to be crazy. Super young. They're going in with a youth movement. They're clearly trying to be the new age uh, Warriors. I just, I, I really like this team. And I won't, don't be surprised if they're the eight seed. Don't be and in a weak Eastern Conference where I could see a Pistons team or somebody else slipping through the cracks. 
don't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all, to be honest with you. Uh, the next one up is the Boston Celtics. See, that's why I did the first one. I didn't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, be, I'm uh, gonna say surprisingly kind of average as three words for yeah. them. Because, I mean, they have the potential, I think, with the addition of Kemba to be a pretty good team, but I don't really see them breaking the top three in the East. I don't see them making a lot of noise in the playoffs necessarily where they to get there. I think this is more of a building year for them as a team, hoping that Hayward comes back and does something, um, hoping that the young guys develop more and try and build like a stable core, but... For this season, I don't really see the Celtics as a major threat. They'll be a major player, but not a threat. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right, that moves me over to the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm going to say my three words are high... Actually, I'm going to change it. Prima Donna group. <laughs> Prima Donna group of guys. Because now while they, ha- they they weren't like this last year, they weren't like this last year, but buckle up because you just signed on to a full year of Kyrie Irving, who we know... I know, because I'm a Celtics fan. Spiteful. Yes. I'm, oh, I'm very spiteful about the whole thing. But he's a prima donna. He's a weird guy, and he's got a weird attitude. And now they have KD, too. And obviously, KD's not going to play this year, so maybe he doesn't have that big of a role. And I don't know. I, I know they're good friends, but these are just re- two really weird personalities that's oh, yeah. going to have to work together, and it might. It, you know what I mean? They're both really weird, so maybe they just, I don't know. They're evolvingly weird personalities. They like are. The, as the years go on, they just get stranger and stranger. I could see this thing, when Katie comes back, I could see them being phenomenal with great um, great surrounding players with Levert. I mean, Levert, they just got on a cheap contract. Yeah. They got Dinwiddie. Like, the team's deep. I'm not, I'm not sitting here, like, saying they have a bad team. They're going to be a top uh, seed in the East, for sure. Maybe not this year, but when KD comes back in the following year. But it's just too many weird egos in one room, and I think that's just a ticking time bomb. Kyrie Irving has ran himself out of two, pro, uh, two organizations in the last four, three years. I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be a fourth. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising. It's his team now, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, one thing, though, is the Kyrie Irving experience is great in year one, so <laughs> it will be fine this year, this coming up year. Sure, Brooklyn Nets fans will have a lot of fun this year. Yep. Um, so we're going to go on the fourth is the Charlotte Hornets, and I'm going to say really mega bad <laughs> because they are not good. Oh, my God. I'm looking at their roster, and it's just who do they have besides Terry Rozier, Nick Batum and Miles Bridges. It's really just a random assortment of guys. I mean, MKG is still hanging around with his broken jump shot. This Malik Monk is there. He hasn't panned out to be anything good since being drafted. Um, yeah, I don't see much upside in the Michael Jordan-owned squad. That's got to be the forward. worst team in the NBA, right? Yeah, and they don't seem like they really want to rebuild it. They're, they're like rebuilding in a not smart way. They don't want to tank by any means because Jordan's like weird about that yeah. for whatever reason but I don't know they they probably won't finish last in the league I would assume really I think they have like enough older guys to kind of pull them through they have and enough guys the who've east. been around yeah and they're in the east they can pick up some wins some but garbage wins yeah uh they're a mess yeah I agree with you all right now I'm going to transition over to the bulls and my three words are way overhyped now here's the thing I, I know people are going to be like, oh, the Bulls overhyped. Everybody, everybody says the Bulls suck. Well, no, I've been seeing a lot of people going, oh, yeah, don't be surprised. Zach Levine's coming back. He looks a lot better. They might sneak into the playoffs. Don't be surprised. I got a 3 and D good player in Otto Porter Jr. Laurie Markkinen going to take the third-year leap. I just don't see it. 
I mean, and everybody's hyping up Kobe White, and Kobe White's fine, but I he's not going to change your franchise on its head, right? I, am I crazy for thinking this? Like, everybody seems to love this team for whatever reason, and I just think they're very average and maybe a eight, I mean, maybe a nine or ten seed at best. Maybe. I just can't, I can't see it. Like, I... I I, I don't know, I, and everybody loves that Thad Young pickup for um, just uh, veteran purposes and just kind of getting everybody yeah. right. But I feel like we kind of did this thing in this past year where nobody really watches Otto Porter Jr. because he was on the Wizards and then he was on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, everybody loves him. He's a 3 and D stud, like he's good. I'm not saying he's bad, but I feel like everybody has heightened him up to the, be the best 3 and D player in the NBA, and I just... I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's because I don't watch him either. But like, it's I, a weird like Wizards like chamber where it's just uh, people just know John Wall isn't good anymore and Otto Porter Jr. So they're trying to rob. Yeah, that's what people say. Nobody actually knows. Yeah, I mean, he's good. Wizards. I'm not saying he's not good, but he also got traded for Bobby Portis and somebody else I can't even remember. So, oh, Jabari Parker. So yeah. like, it, I mean, if that's your going rate, like, how much are we like? I don't know. And it just seems like everybody loves this team more than. They should. And Zach Levine, meh. All right, Mike, keep going. All right, so we'll move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are still not exciting, I'll say. Nope, that's that's another weird team. Yeah, the additions of Kevin Porter Jr. and Darius Garland in the draft I think were kind of cool. I like both of those players, but, like, I don't know. You keep Garland around, and what is the fit there with Sexton as yeah. well? That, that kind of confused me and then, because and they then, seemed all in on Sexton. Yeah, and then you throw in, who'd they pick at the end of their, for the first round? Uh, he's a, from, oh, Kevin Porter. So he's another guard. Yeah. And uh, they're all scoring guards. None of them are facilitators. No, this team is also, you still have Kevin Love hanging around. You got Tristan Thompson. Like, mm-hmm. they seem like in a, such a weird middle phase where they yeah. don't know what the identity of the team is going forward and what they plan on doing to address it. Yeah. They're just... They're also one of those teams who's not that exciting. I mean, they have Brandon Knight on the team. Come on now. Yeah, a very, a very, very confusing grouping of uh, players. Yeah. All right, I'm going to move on to the Dallas Mavericks. And the Dallas Mavericks, they're my Euro All-Stars, baby. I love this team so much. This is, I hope, I hope they make it to the playoffs. Because I, you know I love Luka. Luka oh. is, uh, he, he is the key to my heart. I would do anything to get him on the Celtics. I would trade anybody on that team, and I mean that. I would. I mean, I love Tatum, but man, you would trade Tatum for Luca. I think. I think I would. I think. Wow. I think Luca is the next up. I think he's the best. Play, he's going to be the best player in the NBA. He's he's that good. He's so smooth, and he just he doesn't even look like he tries. But now you throw in a team that has Luka Doncic. Kristaps Porzingis. Give me some J.J. Barea. How about some Ryan Brokoff? How about we throw in just a little bit of every ethnicity and every kind of culture that we can into one team? This is the melting pot of the NBA, and I love it. This is going to be a fun team. Uh, I'm not going to like go at you about this, but this is a pretty Celtics fan take to be like, ooh, look at the Mavericks. How oh, exciting. You sh- look you at should- this mix of I love races. it. I oh. love it. I love it so much. Oh, Mike, you should talk. You go crazy for every Euro prospect that ever comes out. You should be loving this team, too. You were all on the Mario Hazonia bandwagon, and, and you were on the Dragon Bender bandwagon. 
Don't even give me. I was me big any. into Kristaps, and I, I, I'm interested to see what he does in the Mavericks this year. Yeah, come on, man, give me a break. Uh, you should love this team too. You just want to be spiteful. All right. Uh, next up, the Denver Nuggets. I'm gonna say pretty damn good. Yeah. I really like everything that this team has going for it. From its top guys, you got Jokic, you got Jamal Murray. Um, I think the next round of players that they have coming up too are pretty interesting. They got yeah. Bull Bull at like a steal. Like everyone slept on him during the draft for, I don't think anybody knows what the reason is still to this point. It's still kind of just up a in the foot, air. Just a foot injury and then Yeah, it was things. injury and like character things, but like he still was practically a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, the addition of Jeremy Grant in the offseason I think is really nice. He's just been such a solid player for the Thunder these last few years. There's still, it's just this team's so deep. I mean, no one knows what MPJ is going to be. When he comes back, that's an exciting prospect to look forward to. I don't know. This team is someone who could really make a lot of waves going into the postseason and honestly make a pretty good run depending how things shake out. Yeah. I mean, my next team is going to be the Detroit Pistons, and they are meh yet again. That's my three words. And, I mean, what what else can you really say? I mean, they really didn't add anybody. Uh, Markeith Morris is their big addition and Derrick Rose. I mean, are you buying into the Derrick Rose hype? I don't no, think I was going to say. I don't think I am. Uh, they got Tony Snell. That's kind of cool, right? Um, sure. No. I mean, uh, the whole team lives and dies off of uh, Blake Griffin, who has to go out there and kill himself by the end of the game. They're going to end up trading him, I think, and or him or Drummond. I think they're going to realize it's time to blow it up. Yeah, Thon Maker. Thon Maker, That's they something. do. There you go. Go ahead, Mike. You're on next. All right, so next up. A really interesting team, the Golden State Warriors. That's fun. I'm going to say looking for something because okay. they don't really – you don't know what to expect from the Golden no. State Warriors, and I don't think they know what to expect. Without – or with KD gone, with Clay hurt for, I'm going to assume, the whole season. I mean, people are saying he'll be back, like, um, early winter of 2020, but the ACL injury is tough. It'll, he probably won't come back at 100%. So – We'll see what this squad with D'Angelo now as a new addition. Um, he's, I don't, it'll be interesting to see how him and Steph play off each other. Yeah. For one. Uh, I think Steph will probably get a lot more spot up, pull up threes. I think we're going to see how good of a coach Steve Kerr is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll finally get to see, or I guess you, Not you, finally. you've seen. Yeah, but yeah. like, there's been an excuse the last few years of he's just had so many superstars and so much talent to work with that you haven't been able to really tell what he's doing. This is a team that a is weird looking fit. to find an identity. They're looking to find who they are in the post-KD era, and it'll be a really fun season for them. Yep, absolutely. All right, now we're going to transition over to the Rockets, and mine is just simply going to be Beard times Brody because that's <laughs> all that matters on that team, right? I yep. mean, we know they're 3-and-D kind of style. It's just a... The um, just trying to be as productive as possible. They tried to, t- uh, to trade... Capella in the offseason, too. Didn't get it done. Now he's sticking around to be their rim runner. They brought on Tyson Chandler to kind of give him a little backup. Uh, they still are kind of searching for that 3 and D guy that they missed last year. You could tell after they traded away um, uh, the guy who went to the Sixers, uh, James Ennis. Mm-hmm. They're look- and, and, and they've been just really, really searching for the next uh, Trevor Ariza on their team, and they haven't been able to find it. So instead, what did they do? They went out and traded for probably one of the biggest names in the NBA, Russell Westbrook. So, I mean, it's going to be a two-man show. That's all you got to really know about this team. P.J. Tucker's back, and he's fun. So, beer times Brody. That's all that matters. All right. uh, Next up, the Indiana Pacers. 
making smart moves is how I'll say or describe okay. the season coming up. Um, I really like what they did in the offseason. They brought in Malcolm Brogdon at like a pretty reasonable contract. Um, I think that he fits in pretty well alongside Victor Oladipo. They brought in my man TJ, which <laughs> always fun. TJ and Jakar Sampson on the same team. That's that's just a laugh for someone who followed the Sixers for all these years. Um, no, I think that they're, they've been kind of just middling as a team the last few years in the Eastern Conference. They're a team who's trying to get over the hump, kind of. Um, I'm interested to see how these additions in the offseason help them going forward in this newly kind of stacked Eastern Conference at the top. Yeah. Um, to quote Steve Ballmer for um, uh, the, the Clippers, I'm fired up. <laughs> I'm fired up about this team, right? How cool is it that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard came together at one spot, two, two players that didn't really make sense on their other teams, I'm happy Kawhi's out of the East, that's for sure. He's saving oh, us yeah. a lot of grief. But Kawhi Leonard just showed how dominant he is and just as a presence in the NBA, how scared, I don't want to say how scared, but how much of an influence he has. Because he doesn't talk to anybody, we don't think. And he just pretty much, I think, just shot a quick text to Paul Jordan and said, if you don't want to lose, come with me. And then he comes with him. And that team is deep. That team is deep. Deep, deep, deep. That team is scary. That team is scary. Lou Williams coming off the bench. Patrick Beverly as your hound two guard. Jamichael Green, who's a great 3 and D kind of guy. Montrez Harrell, who I don't be surprised if he gets traded for more pieces. That team is deep, deep, deep. The only thing they're missing, a true center. That's all they're missing. Because I don't want to go crazy over Ivic. Ivica Zubac. Whatever his name mm-hmm. is. <laughs> You know what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, Mike, go ahead. All right, so next up, transitioning from one L.A. team to the next, we're going to the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm going to say for three words, only barely interested, really. Okay. Um, you know, there was a lot of hype with them this offseason because both the L.A. teams were doing something big. The Lakers added A.D., and then they brought in Boogie, and they were looking to be like this monstrous threat in the West that like, oh, LeBron James finally has a solid team around him in L.A., Watch for them to go straight to the finals. They're going to be dangerous. But I don't know. As they kept building the rest of their roster, it wasn't really that exhilarating. Yeah. Boogie goes out for the season. Huge hit for his Poor career. Boogie. More, more, Yeah, more for his career, I think, than, than the uh, Lakers. I mean, it hurts the Lakers, too. But. Yeah. But he's gone. They bring in Dwight Howard? Mm. Come on, guys. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. Um, Danny Green was a good pickup. Yeah. I'm not buying anything with Alex Crusoe. I get it's just a meme, but like there are people who are pretty excited about him. Yeah, Alex He's Crusoe right. season. Yeah, I, I was He's hoping those fine. were going to be your three words: Alex Crusoe Alex season. Alex Crusoe season. Yeah, no, not a not the Alex Crusoe guy. No. All right. Well, talking about seasons, my quick three words for the Memphis Grizzlies: It's tank season. <laughs> Absolutely, it's tank season. Right. I mean. That team is just atrocious. I feel bad for Iggy. I know they want to keep him there just as a. As a kind of, I guess, uh, veteran leader, but this team is just loaded with young guys, and I mean, it's not like they're bad. I mean, everybody likes everybody likes Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is a solid addition to the. He's a solid player on the team. Uh, obviously, the two guys are looking forward to in the future is Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's that's who we're basing everything off of. Grayson Allen. Yeah, oh, I hate Jerry Grayson <laughs> Allen. Yeah, I mean, Jonas Valanciunas has the kind of, I guess, adult in the room there. 
the team's young. Brandon Clark, another great prospect, but they're clearly going to tank. But one thing you got to notice with that team: remember, their pick is only top six. They can they only get it if it's in the top top six. If it's not, it's the Celtics pick next year. So there's a galaxy brain take for you. Make sure you watch out for that. They'll for sure be in the top six. I think so too. Yeah, they're not good. All right, next up, the Miami Heat. Um, Jimmy Butler season. Jimmy Butler. Okay, we're sticking on the seasons. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's really hard to find anything else about this team to talk about. They, I guess Jimmy Butler wanted to go there in the offseason because the whole story was like Dwayne Wade and he saw his farewell tour and was like, oh, I want that. I want to be like the star in like a big city where people care about me. Um, I don't think this team's going to be that good. So I don't think they're really going to care that much, uh, Mr. Butler. But I don't know. You look up and down this roster. Okay, I've been saying I don't know a lot, which... Sorry. It's but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you look him down this roster, and it's not that uh, invigorating. Deion Waiters is still there. He's still talking trash. He's still not that great. Justice Winslow, pretty good player, but he kind of is going to have to readjust his role with Jimmy Butler coming in and taking the ball over at pretty much all times, I'm assuming, because, I mean, they brought in Tyler Hero. That was a good pickup. Yeah, I like Tyler Hero. He's going to be an interesting player, but besides that, James Johnson, Derek Jones, Kelly Olynyk, They're running back the same squad. Yeah, this team is going to be fighting for maybe the eighth seed. I think so, too. Yeah, I could see them missing it. I could see there being more turmoil with Jimmy Butler there. I could see them being problems. a sixth seed, though, too, if Jimmy Butler really goes off. If he plays just hero ball every single game, yeah, I could, yeah, I could see them yeah. doing something. But they're, they're a wild card, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I am doing the Bucks, and Giannis is king. Giannis is king now. He's the number one ranked player by SI. I believe he's probably the best player in the league, if not Kawhi. It's one or the other. I'd probably go Kawhi over him. But, I mean, he's king, though, because this team is still constructed completely around him. What'd they do in the offseason? Well, they re-signed Brooke Lopez because his spacing was huge for Giannis to open up the lane. They go out, they sign other good three-point shooters with Wesley Matthews. They re-sign Chris Middleton. They go out and they get... Um, uh, Jeez, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Kyle Korver. It's, I mean, the, the team is made around him. and it's, They even signed his brother, Thanos. Right? Thanasis. Yeah. Thanos, Thanasis. Giannis, Thanasis, Kostas. Weird that you like know all brother. of that. But, yeah, I mean, the, the team's made for him. He's king. It's his team. It's his league. We're all just living in it. Oh, yeah. I think they might have lost some depth in the offseason. Yeah, I do, too. But the team's still constructed yeah. around him. And as long as you have him, you're going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to be scary. All right, next up, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, cat or bust? Okay. I think that they've really kind of just committed to building around Carl Anthony Towns, and they really haven't done much to really facilitate building around him. They brought in Jeff Teague last season, which was a good addition. I'll admit to that. They brought in Rocco. Uh, he's been solid. If not, he was kind of injured last year, so like we didn't get to see the full scope of everything that he got to do. But... Besides that, this team still is not exciting. Andrew Wiggins is being called upon to do a lot. He's not very good. They drafted Jarrett Culver. What's his role on this team? Yeah. kind of confusing because you already have Covington and Wiggins playing pretty much the same exact spots as you would project Culver to play. So to see how he will do this season will be kind of interesting. Jordan Bell is a good addition, I guess. But I still, the Timberwolves are not scary by any means. And yeah. Probably just another year to prop up Carl Anthony Town stats, I guess. Yeah. 
All right, New Orleans Pelicans, get your popcorn, baby. Because this, just get your popcorn. Forget baby. That one's not a part of it. Just those three words. But I like this team. It's young. It's fun. It's explosive. They got a bunch of rim runners. Zion obviously leading the charge. New face of New Orleans. I mean, I like this team a whole lot. Brandon Ingram's going to be fun in a featured scoring role. Jackson Hayes looks like he's uh, more ready than we thought he was going to be, if uh, Summer League is any indication. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was great in the Summer League. Lonzo Ball. A lot of pieces that don't exactly fit quite right, but a lot of pieces that can get out and run, play transition, and man, they're going to throw down some crazy dunks and do some crazy stuff. Just think of that transition. You got Lonzo with the ball, you have Redick running up the wing, and you have Zion going to the basket. It's nasty. That's filthy. I know. It's just in the half court, it might be a problem because their only real spacer is JJ. And I mean, I guess it kind of Etwan Moore. He's been average his whole career. Josh Hart, too. But I don't know. I like this team. I do, too. Um, next up, the New York Knicks. Yeah, it is. Oh, three words to describe the Knicks. Not NBA ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they, are they even in the league at this point? They get Canadian superstar R.J. Barrett in the draft, and the crowd goes mild. Um, they really don't do much besides bring in Julius Randle in the offseason. This team isn't fun by any means. This team isn't exciting by any means. I can't envision myself watching a New York Knicks game and enjoying myself, so they might be the worst team in the league, honestly, looking at yeah. their roster right now. What is there even to talk about the Knicks? Yeah. They're, n- they're garbage. Not too much. All right, another team there's not much to say about, the Oklahoma City Thunder. My three words. I'm actually going to have two sets, of three, two, three, two sets of three words. First one, and they're the same idea. Free Steven Adams and free Danilo Gallinari. Those are my guys. I know, I know Steven Adams and beat up the last few years, but listen, get him away from Russ. Get him in his own team. Get him as just a true rim running, t- uh, you know what I mean, uh, center on a team. Mm-hmm. Like even like the Celtics or like a team like you, uh, the the Sixers as a backup even, or even playing alongside Embiid in some cases. He, like, just get him along a team that can space the floor a little bit and clean out the paint, help him out, and help out my guy Danilo Gallinari because he's one of the most underappreciated superstars, or stars, not a superstar, star in the NBA who can get buckets. He just is really, really injury prone. And I don't want Chris Paul ruining poor Shea Gilders-Alexander. No, that's a team you look at, and it's just, like, sad because this is a place where players are going to go to waste away. Yeah, for a couple years, but, I mean, they're stocked up on draft picks. They're going to rebuild real quick. Hopefully for their case. Hopefully. All right, next up, the exciting Orlando Magic. I like them. You like the Magic. I know you like the Magic. Markel Fultz season. Yeah. Those are three words. Um, I don't know if he'll actually play, but... They said he's going to. Hopefully, he still has some potential. I'm not going to get into the Markel Fultz thing, but I'm still a huge fan of Mo Bamba. Um, hopefully, he plays more this year. They still have Vucevic. You think they'll probably look to move on from Vucevic eventually? They just paid him a lot of money. I know, so they gave maybe, him a ton of money. Maybe, but like, but you, you, can, you can auction that off in today's NBA. Yeah. Especially to a team that thinks they have playoff hopes. Yeah, if... Well, I think that most of their playoff hopes ride on him, honestly. Well, yeah, I would agree, but if they want to go all in with Mo Bamba and stuff, and he's looking good in there, the season's not looking as good as it did last season, they just go, ah, let's just go all in on the youth movement. Don't be surprised if he gets shipped out to a team like, say, the Bucks. 
Yeah, there, there's really two ways their season can go. And yeah. that they can keep trying to build around the young guys and move on from some of these older pieces for some more assets, or they can just try and go all in, hope for a eighth or seventh seed in the playoffs, and maybe try and pick up some guys in the offseason, make some moves. I don't see them having a crazy ton of potential for this season exactly, but they have an interesting roster going forward. Okay, my three words for the Philadelphia 76ers. You're not worthy. You're not worthy to have Al Horford. You don't deserve him. You don't deserve the beautiful smile of Al Horford. You don't deserve his perfectly bald head. (laughs) It makes me so upset that he is a 76er because if Kyrie Irving didn't ruin everything, and I have on good authority that Kyrie Irving was who he did not like on that team from everything that I understand, it just, it really, really, really upsets me. But no, my real three words are win the East. They should win the East. It's their their East. They have the best play. They have one of the top 10 players in the league, they have a top 25 player in the league, and they have Al Horford, who, for my money, is a top 25 player, but I'm not going to... I know people get mad at he's, that. He's arguably a top 25 player. He's, oh, now you think he is. I've always you, thought oh. Al Horford was really good. <laughs> no, Go back on the record. No, you didn't. <laughs> You've never thought that, but the team's loaded. I mean, they're super deep. Josh Richardson's going to be great for them. It's a really good team, and they're just not worthy of Al Horford's beautiful smile. Just take advantage of an open East. Exactly. All right, next up, the Phoenix Suns. Wow, there's a lot of teams in the NBA. Yeah, we're almost done, though. <laughs> Next up is the Phoenix Suns. Um, we'll do rapid fire for these. Yeah, there's nothing to say about the Phoenix Suns. Three words. Still not great. Yeah. That's really all there is to it. Yeah. Um, You don't want to talk about them anymore? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't no, fire right. you. That's fair. That's fair. It's the Phoenix Suns. I mean, that's fine. All right, the Portland Trailblazers. We're still here. They're, they don't, don't go away. They're always going to be a top three, top five team in the East, and they're just not going to go anywhere. They run back the same squad for the most part besides um, uh, bringing on Hassan Whiteside, who, I don't know, I mean, he was good once, and you yeah, just kind of get un, he's, uninterested. He's okay. I he's mean, fine. Maybe he's the center they've been looking for. Uh, maybe you're, you're praying for a lot, but... You're basically just hoping that when Nurchich comes back, he's as good as Nurchich would come back, like he's as good as what you were. Yeah, that's pretty much it for them. They're they're shooting to hit the same highs as last year. I don't think they have championship aspirations necessarily. I would also agree with that. I think Portland's fine with that. Yeah. Next up, the Sacramento Kings. Okay. It is time. Really? The Kings. Oh my God, they're so exciting as a team. They're so young. They're. Everywhere you look on this team, Marvin Bagley, all right, he's not he's not the most exciting prospect, but Bogdan Bogdanovich, Buddy Heald, Kyle Guy, Harry Giles, De'Aaron Fox, this team is so interesting. They're really just going to be pushing it out there with De'Aaron Fox handling the ball. Him running in transition with Rashawn Holmes, Harry Giles, and them attacking the basket I think is pretty fun. I think that they're kind of being slept on, and I think that they're going to make some noise this year without a lot of people expecting it. Okay. I mean, that's fair. All right, for me, I got now this San Antonio Spurs, and they're my mid-range kings. Those are my three words. They only score from the mid-range. They have a whole bunch of nothing when it comes to three-point shooters. The only really three-point shooter they have on that team is Marco Bellinelli. They're not going to be spacing the floor, but that's okay. Pop knows how to run his team. He got him to the playoffs last year running the same system. I'm just praying. I'm praying that they let Lonnie Walker run, and he's just as good oh, as he yeah. looked in the... He came out of the G League. Why was yeah. he in the G League last well, year? Well, I mean, maybe maybe they were right. He looked great in uh, the summer league. Maybe that's what he needed. So hopefully Lonnie Walker season, and hopefully it's also 
Um, who's the point guard who got hurt? Dejounte Murray's season two. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, the Toronto Raptors. Three words. We still won. <laughs> uh, they're still riding off the high from last year's NBA championship. Obviously, they're not looking to make the same exact noise this year with Kawhi gone. They still have an interesting team with Siakam looking to really add to his role now that he's probably the primary scorer in the team, right? Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry's still hanging around. He's still going to be good. Marcus Saul, he'll probably get an extremely expanded role as well. This team isn't going to be on the same level they were last year. You just can't after you lose a guy like Kawhi. Yeah. Um, they're going to be celebrating the championship in this last season, and I think they're going to be content with that. Yeah. Um, for my uh, Utah Jazz three words, it's just going to be deep AF. Those are going to be my words because the team's deep. They go, they literally go about 12 deep, right? I mean, the team's really, really good. You're riding on a lot with uh, Donovan Mitchell. You know what you got from Mike Conley. You really, 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 really need Donovan Mitchell to take that step. That's pretty much all this team is praying for. I was going to do sleeper pick. I I was going to do like a play on words sleeper pick, but I think enough people have called them sleepers. Yeah, they're a sleeper to the point that they are not a sleeper anymore. Exactly. All right, the final team in the NBA, the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards. It's between free Brad Beal and ow my eyes. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think we got to keep pressing the Bradley Beal thing because I feel bad for him. Just get him out of just there. Just get him out of just there. Just give he's him a chance a to player. be good. Like, he's so forgotten by so many people just because he lives, or he, he doesn't, he, I guess he lives there, but just because he's playing for an awful, awful team for his whole career. Yeah. This team has nothing going for them. I guess Isaiah Thomas was like the big news there, but I guess he's looking to do something this season. John Wall, he's not gonna play, right? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, that was a pretty bad injury he suffered. This team's not good. They might Get be Brad the worst Beal team. There. Yeah. Yep. Save Brad Beal. All right, Mike, we're back. That was our first episode back. How'd you feel? It feels great. I'm a little lightheaded because I'm kind of sick, but doing great. Perfect. Perfect that he's sick in this little studio next to me. Hopefully I don't catch anything. All right, guys, thanks for listening. As always, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Scoop Day Hoop. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're finally going to be doing something, going to be We're active. going to be active, Soon. I promise. So please follow us. Keep listening. Uh, give us a rate on uh, Apple, Apple uh, Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. And yeah. on Spotify. We're on both of them. So check us out. Thanks again, guys. <laughs>